Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. Today I want you to hear the story, the founding story, and more about the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, FCCI. You've heard us talk about it a couple times, and I work for him in the last five years. But today you're going to hear from one of the founders, Bobby Mitchell, and the current CEO, Chad Merrill. Gentlemen, Bobby, Chad, welcome to I Work For Him. Being one of the pioneers of the faith and work movement, Bobby Mitchell, as you guys, you started this with, with well, well, I read your, reread your book again this morning on the plane, but I mean, the only faith and work book out when you realized that your faith and your work should be connected with Stanley Tam's book, which was written in the 60s. That was the only book that was out there and available. Well, really, there was one book before Stanley. Oh, which one? Oh, it's well, the one from Charles Sheldon. In his steps. Charles Sheldon, 1896. Yes. We know the book well and have talked about it on the air. So I prayed to receive Christ. My wife recommitted her life as well. And so we started going to every seminar we could find. And what happened along the way was I realized that what I was saying I believed was not reflected in the way I live my life and that I needed to make changes in my life. And the Lord brought in this book in his steps. He brought in a friendship with Larry Briquette, and he brought in a model of my dad, who was a man of great integrity. And that started me down a path of questioning if I had integrity, deciding I didn't, and making changes to ensure that I did. And so uh, Larry and I, after a year or so of meeting, every week or every other week, we decided we'd question whether you could have a business and operate it on biblical principles. All right, I'm going to have you stay there, stop on that part of the story. I'm going to take a step back because I really want to go into detail on that in the next mm-hmm. segment, but I, I love that story. But to, but to say, hey, your, your good friend Larry Burkett, how did you become good friends with Larry <laughs> Burkett? I mean, what a, what a fantastic privilege. You were friends with Larry Burkett and Bruce Wilkinson. Bobby Mitchell, when you hear the word, I work for him, what does that mean to your heart? It's just what I believe. We, we need to work for the Lord. Larry had some foundational principles. He said, God owns it all, and we're stewards of what he's entrusted us with, and we need to use that for his glory and not ours. So that became the mantra of uh, Fellowship of Companies for Christ and my life. How big of a, when did that paradigm shift happen for you? So, quite frankly, that paradigm shift happened to me um, in, in a period of of little, and there was a, a, a very difficult period of time, and I was discipled through it, and uh, several folks in FCCI helped me through that period. And then when there came a time of plenty, and it became impressed on me that um, that we have an obligation, that God owns it all, and we've been blessed. And so they came together kind of simultaneously in my personal life and in my uh, work life. Bobby, when you and Larry Burkett started this exploration, you're like, mm. you didn't even have a name for it. We didn't have a, you didn't have the name Faith and Work Movement. Yeah, I mean, none of that stuff existed. You guys set out to go, what does the Bible really have to say about work or business, right? That's right. We uh, fairly quickly assembled a group of other people that had some interest. Hmm. We invited 80 people to come to a meeting 
to see, to sort of share the thought of studying the Bible and trying to operate a company on biblical principles. And from that group, nine of them wanted to meet weekly or, or every other week. Sure. And then seven of them ended up becoming what we call the founders of FCCI. Hmm. And so it was a great time, but it was not uh, a mild deal. It was We would argue, we would scream, we would fight, we would challenge each other, and we worked through a process. But we had a principle. Well, what was I saying? Let me just stop you there for a second. You're arguing, you're fighting. Why? Because you had never – I'm guessing this, but – was there so much frustration because some people thought that the Bible didn't have anything to say about business? No, it, I would say all of us were like-minded in believing the Bible was the answer. And so we, we wanted to look to the Bible to give us reality, but the application was what was difficult. How do we apply mm-hmm. love your neighbor as yourself? How, what does that look like in a business? Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of discussion uh, it's a little tongue-in-cheek to say loud arguing sure. and shouting and everything. But, okay, but 44 years ago, were you hearing sermons on, hey, faith and work should be interconnected? Were you no, hearing that your no. workplace, you're calling your workplace? Because you ran a big company. What was your company called again? Applied Ceramics. Applied Ceramics. So I'm assuming this wasn't pots and uh, you know vases. It was uh, electronic parts for the... For industry, and it was catalytic converters for automobiles and that type of stuff. So, so you were on the cutting edge of catalytic converters because 74 is when they started putting them in cars. Yeah, 73, yeah. 73? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, mm-hmm. I stand corrected. Okay, I was pretty close. I was only eight when they came on the cars. Okay? <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good that I knew that. You know that history. Okay. So, I mean, this was a new concept because you weren't hearing it from the pulpit. We didn't hear it from anybody. It mm-hmm. was literally something God put in my heart. To say, I want to do that. I want to find integrity in my life. I want my life to reflect what I say I believe. And Larry was a partner, more knowledgeable than me, somebody I could look up to, and we could dialogue and come up with a plan for doing it. And so we invited these people to come. Nine of them came, and we started having these meetings. And so the the meeting was to try to work out principles of of how do you apply this in a in a book in the book in his steps again written by Charles Sheldon in 1896 you talk about you're thinking in 74 this was a big idea Charles Sheldon wrote a book 78 years earlier that's right and so it had a guy in the book that tried to operate a store on biblical principles and so that became sort of a a model for how to do that and so we invited Bruce Wilkinson, who had come to one of the earlier conferences, to be the, the conference speaker at a place called Point Clear, Alabama. And Bruce was, was in there, and he was teaching us. And then he said, I've got it. I understand what y'all are talking about now. Everything that I've been teaching you at this conference is wrong. <laughs> and we need to, to get down on our knees and pray for God to guide us. So there were 44 people at that conference. We got down on our knees, we wept, we cried, we whatever, and, and God united. And that really was the point in time that FCCI was birthed. Maybe we could hear just yeah. um, real quickly what FCCI actually is. Absolutely. So at a, so at a high level, FCCI is a, an organization of business owners and CEOs and, and business leaders in some cases whose vision, the vision has remained the same from the beginning days, which was to transform the, transform the world through Christ, one company owner at a time. Mm-hmm. And then the mission or the manifestation of how that lived out, lives out, 
is to encourage and equip uh, people to run their businesses and conduct their lives according to business principles. So we are essentially, you know, uh, the, the vision is to transform the world through business, and the mission of uh, FCCI is to encourage and equip, if you boil it down to those two right. simple terms. And, 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 you know, along with that, in the, in the shadow of Billy Graham's passing, mm-hmm. a lot has been guided by, uh, and it's used many times, and I'm sure mm-hmm. used it on air many times, of his, his statement, his prediction of the next great movement of God will be in the workplace. And so that's okay. really a guiding principle behind FCCI. I went uh, and visited Stanley May, May 7, 1980. <laughs> How many meetings do you remember the date of? Well, but I remember Stanley that. Tam, I can imagine I'd know the date. So too. I went in the, his office, and I asked him to tell me about his work. I'd read his book. I'd, he had a film that he had developed. We'd shown the film. And uh, what, I said, what is your major goal? He said, I want to lead five people a day to Christ. Wow. And I just, I, come again, tell me what you said. <laughs> My church didn't lead five people a day to Christ. Right. The churches of Atlanta may not lead five people a day to Christ, but Stanley Tam did. I said, how are you doing? He pulled out a little black book. He said, well, th- today is May 7th. I had a good month in April. I led 222 people to Christ. Wow. And so he knew how many people he had led. He said, you see these file cabinets? They're full of people that we've led to Christ. He had Christ is the answer in six-foot-high letters on his side of his building in Lima, Ohio. And Stanley, that, that sort of sparked a thought. And Larry and I took that and beat that around a little bit, and we decided that if, if there were um, one, one other thing Stanley was doing, he was giving $2 million away a year. This is 1980. Hmm, which was huge. Might be like giving away $200 million a year. A big number. And he, he had planted over 100 churches internationally. And so I'm an engineer, and so I took the 100 churches, the, the, uh, all these numbers, and I put them together and said, goodness, we could complete the Great Commission in three years if, if, ever, if we had enough companies like Stanley's company mm-hmm. to do it. And so it gave us a model from the very early time of this is just a few months before the Point Clear meeting that we talked about with Bruce Wilkinson. So it was a powerful thing to give us a guide to accomplish God's ministry and turn this world around. Jesus laid the groundwork for this 2000 and some years ago. I mean, he was the greatest kingdom collaborator. He was pulling from all different sectors of society except for the religious people, although he was talking to the religious people, but they didn't like what he had to say because he was threatening their money, power, and control structure. How today are we living out what... I mean, Jesus... First of all, here's another one. Bobby, have you ever heard a sermon? you got a few more years on me. Have you ever heard a sermon about Jesus' reputation in the marketplace? I'm sure I have. I don't know that I... I remember it. I I don't... uh... Chad, have you? Not that I can recall. I mean, that's one of those things when, when we look at Jesus, most of us think of Jesus as a three-and-a-half-year itinerant preacher. But he was, a, he was a small business guy. He might not have met him an FCCI guy because he was really a small business guy. I mean, he, was maybe a, he was maybe a solopreneur. But, I mean, Jesus had a – his reputation in the marketplace had to be spotless. It had to be like you were talking about your dad, Bobby, a, a man of integrity. Jesus had to have a fantastic reputation in the marketplace, didn't he? Or, or his ministry would have meant nothing. Well, Jesus, you know, spoke – the truth and he had no uh patience for people who didn't speak the truth (laughs) 
So we see a, a real true. conflict in Jesus in that he, these people that didn't speak the truth, he had no interest in, in spending time on them. But the people that did, maybe imperfectly, he wanted to pour his life into. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of a model of what FCCI is about. We're trying to pour this ministry into people's lives that want to make a difference. They want to speak the truth. They want to have integrity. They want to reach the world. They want to see it turn around. So those are those are the sort of the foundational things that we want to see at FCCI do. All of a sudden, the walls are coming down, and everybody's going, "Hey, this is about the kingdom. It's not about our ministry." I think we've learned too that we're in an era where um, the world really doesn't have boundaries. I mean, we can <laughs> we have access everywhere, and one of the things that um, we know. Um, with our radio program that it's not a message just for Tampa Bay it's not a message just for Jacksonville Florida it's a message for every Christ follower and pre-Christian because as they're exposing themselves to what is this about following Christ well what's it look like how do you walk that out and if Christ we say all the time on the radio if Christ changes us he's supposed to change all of us not leave our wallet not leave our our business card out of the equation so hearing that and just knowing that it can be such, have such a big impact. So what is involvement with FCI, FCCI look like? Because I know that once a year, the last several years you've been doing, your annual conference has been in Florida because you know, everybody wants to go to Florida. <laughs> okay? But what, what else does involvement in FCCI look like? So as you said, the conferences were big from the very beginning. So we have at least one annual international conference a year. This year we'll have three or four, a couple of regional conferences as well, just back from Albuquerque last week, and we have one coming up in North Dallas in in, uh, October. So that's one primary way. The second way is we try to assimilate business leader groups. So uh, you can think of as chapters in a city where we put like-minded businesses, folks who want to learn how to be equipped, and they want to be encouraged and how to run their business according to biblical principles. And so we provide materials and groups, and they become encouragement uh, groups for each other. Mm. And you've, I mean, you've had thousands of people involved with FCCI over the last 44 years. The impact, Bobby Mitchell, when you look at the impact of FCCI on a business owner, leader, a CEO, what do you see once they understand, once they get it, how much does that transform their company? It totally transforms it. It's, uh, I, we believe in FCCI that life change really happens through small groups. And so we, we see groups as being a dynamic that can change lives. And so I think that if somebody really commits to do it, you can almost see it in their eyes that I'm, I'm serious about this and I want to walk uh, in these steps and then all of a sudden you see them bear fruit, you see them lead people to Christ, you see people, them grow people up in Christ, you see them do service projects in their communities. And so it's, a, it's sort of a total change. It's going from, I wasn't saved, I'm saved. It's going from, I was a baby Christian, to I, I'm now growing rapidly as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, it's, it's dynamic and it's visible and it happens quick. When you look, Bobby, over the 44 years, you look at what, like, one or two of the most major concepts that Christ-following business owners need to understand in order to make that paradigm shift. What, what, what are one or two of those things that they just they need to understand, and then all of a sudden it starts to transform their lives? Well, I believe, that, first of all, they've got to be a Christian. 
And there are a lot of folks out there that go to church that are not Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. We've had people come to FCCI conferences and, and get converted at a conference. And almost every conference we have, one or two people do that. So they came not because they thought they were not a Christian, but they just didn't know. And so they need to be a Christian. And then I would say that uh, some of the things we've spoken about before, salvation, sanctification, and service, are the outreach of uh, of activity that these uh, companies need to have. And I think going way back... Uh, God owns it all, and that we're stewards. The whole stewardship thing, yeah. yeah. And I think you know it's 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 a it's a major cultural shift to say I don't own this money; it's not my money. And so <laughs> what it does is it 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 says I'm going to use everything I've got as a good manager, a steward, to impact the world around me. And so whatever Lord you want, we'll do. And so it's, it's, it's complete change. It's complete bowing the knee to the Lord. Walking by faith, running your business. Amen. Unbelievable. Chad, as you look at the next generations, you look at the, the millennials, uh, and you look at the digital gem, which comes up after them, how is FCCI preparing to reach out to the millennials? Because they have a totally different worldview. They want, their, they want everything that they do to be significant. How are you guys reaching out to them? So we're spending a lot of time with them, and you'll see more and more of them uh, at our conferences and in our groups. In some ways, we've got a little easier path because millennials get a get a difficult rap in a lot of ways, but a lot of reason because is because they're authentic and they want to see authenticity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if they like or don't like something, you usually hear it very straightforward. And oftentimes, I think the older generations hear what they don't like or they hear straightforward talk, and that becomes a divide. But I think we've got a great opportunity because they, they do want more. They do want to make a difference, Christian or non-Christian. So I think the, the millennials that we've been associated with and the new entrepreneurs, and you know, let's face it, there's thousands, tens, and hundreds of thousands that are starting companies now mm-hmm. earlier and earlier than ever. And when they catch a passion, I believe they can really truly impact uh, the world, maybe even at a greater pace, but likely at a greater pace than we did and generations before us did. I know we talk a lot about the fact that we pray that that generation doesn't have to learn what we had to learn. Mm-hmm. That you know, we segmented all these sections of our life, and we've had to learn how to bring them back together. Whereas we would hope that these future generations will just get it that God, when He changes us, He changes all of us. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for Him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com.